Well, we're going to continue what we were sharing the last, uh, I think not last week because I was away, but the week before, being led into the place that he has prepared for us. So turn with me uh, to Exodus 23, 20, one more time. Exodus chapter 23 and 20. Hope you brought your Bibles. I could put it on the screen, but I choose not to because it will make you lazy. Okay, so let's, let's bring, <laughs> if you don't have a Bible with you, then just listen, but remember to bring one next time. Most of us have a phone, a dumb phone, smartphone, some kind of phone. Put it on your phone because there's all, you can have a whole library on your phone. It's amazing. It's amazing, the technology today. What did I say, Jennifer? Exodus chapter 23. Is that what I said? 23 verse 20. Now, Jenny, I really want you to pay attention tonight. Unlike the last few services, I need you to really focus, okay? Okay. Uh, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee, that means to protect thee in the way, and to bring thee into the place that I have prepared. That means that there's a protection that's required as we go. Because things are going to try to get you off the path. The path leads you into the place he's prepared. But things are going to get you off that path. There are. There's going to be distractions. There's going to be problems. And so uh, that angel will help keep you on that path. Believe me, that that angel is amazing. See, uh, angels influence people. You know, the Holy Ghost is in you. Angels are outside you. But sometimes people don't listen to the inward promptings of the Spirit. But an angel can influence you. Now, again, you still have a will. You don't have to follow that influence. But angels are there to influence you for the, to follow God's plan. Like demons are in there to influence you to violate God's plan. They really are. I know people joke about the little demon and angel on the shoulder. They're not on your shoulder. Okay. But, but they are real. Those, those entities are very real in the world. And there are demons influencing constantly to get offended, to get discouraged, to quit. If you let it go too far, they'll tell you to kill yourself. Uh, they'll certainly never tell you to tithe. They'll never tell you to forgive. They'll never tell you to love your brother. They love disunity and discord. They'll never tell you to be faithful. They'll always tell you to stay home. And, 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 and there, there are these things that influence us away from the path. And then there's entities that influence us for the path. And those are angels and they're here to help us. Now they can't overcome our will, obviously, but they can influence. So notice the Bible says that this angel, um, of course, capital A means Jesus, but he's also the captain of the host. And we see later that there are many angels that are assisting. He's just the leader of them. So this, yes, is referring to the pre-incarnate Christ, but it's also generally referring to angels in general, because there's many angels that are bringing them in. Notice it's says, I send my angel before you. That means that angel's gone out before you, before you, before you even get there. Sinners don't have this. Sinners are are blazing a trail on their own wits and their own smarts and their own luck. That's why they love talking about luck all the time, because that's all they've got is luck, a rolling of the dice. It might work. It might not work. I'm serious. I have some family members, I won't get into specifics because it's not necessary, but I have one particular family member that was very wealthy and, 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 and just wanted to do it his way. Love Sinatra. I'm going to do it my way. Didn't want God, her, knew I was a minister, knew I'm a family member, tried to, tried to influence them, rejected, rejected for decades, rejected. Made money and uh, then all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's things that happen in, in the world. There's things that happen in markets. There's things that happen just in life that go south and sideways, sometimes very quickly. And they lost their first $2 million in that crash in 08. And then, then they lost another million a couple years later. And then they lost another million a few years later. That, and now they're uh, on welfare. Don't have a, don't, don't, basically don't have a place to live. Don't, can't really even afford basic necessities. Lost everything. 
very smart, knows the world's system of banking. But I'm telling you, you might have all the doctorates and all the PhDs and all the, uh, not, not just, you, that's good, education's good. And you also can maybe have street smarts because some people just life experience can equal a PhD sometimes. So you can, have the, you can have the education and you can have the life experience and still fail. And, 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 and Greg, I, I couldn't, I mean, if you had told me 20 years ago that that person would be calling me, asking me, can you help me financially? Because I, I, I'm down to like literally nothing. I don't know if I need to move in with somebody, one of my children or this or that. I would say it's not possible. It's just not possible. You can't go from that level of financial increase and wealth. You can't go to nothing. Like what, what happened in that plunge? Yeah. Because because you, you got the education and you got the street smarts and you got the life experience. Three things working for you. How could it get that bad? Because when people refuse to follow God, I'm telling you, I'm, there's lots of wealthy, wealthy people out there that are unsaved, but they are completely rolling the dice. Some of them it works for them and some of them it doesn't. Some of them, they get really high on the hog and then before you know it, they're in the pig pen. Because when you're just doing it on your education, your life experience, your street smarts, your luck, your, your gut feeling, which sometimes is not always accurate, especially for a sinner. Sometimes it is their spirit and sometimes it's a devil because they got devils, most of them. You are really on a tightrope. You watch those people on the tightrope and you're like, I hope they don't plunge to their death. There's a chance they could, but you know, if they're skillful enough, they're going to make it. But sometimes the mistakes happen and, and even the best of them die. And that's what it's like out there is mistakes happen. Life changes. Things can go very quickly wrong. And all that natural aid that you have relied on all your life can wind up being for nothing. That is, I'm telling you, that is the portion. That is the harvest. That is the allotment of the sinner. Far from the covenants of promise. I never, ever, ever have to have that in my life if I choose to follow the Spirit. I'm serious. I may not have all the education. I, you may not have all the life experience. You may not have all the, or the school of hard knocks. You might have a portion of all of those. And yes, we have a brain and we use our brain. And you don't, not everything is supernatural. There is a lot of natural in life. But the supernatural works with the natural. But I'm telling you, when you understand the supernatural and you've given your life to God and you trust him and you humble yourself. I notice a lot of these people that are very proud. A lot of people with money, they are proud. The money has made them proud. The money has made them think that they're, they're self-sufficient and independent and they don't need anybody's advice, least of all God. All they see God as is somebody to take their money from them. You just want me to give in the offering. Then they'll accuse the preacher that all you want is money. They don't understand God's system. They don't understand honor. They don't understand following him and sowing into his kingdom because when you honor him, he now has an open, open opportunity to honor you. And so I look back because that individual had been helpful to my wife and I years and years ago. They had, they had out of their gross wealth, and I mean gross wealth, they had sown some money. Nothing major, but, you know, something that blessed us. When we were first married to over 20 years ago, we didn't have anything. We didn't have one piece of furniture that we owned, like that we had bought. Everything was donated. <laughs> and nothing matched. <laughs> now they say that's eclectic and it's cool, but back then it just was ugly. <laughs> nothing eclectic about it. You know, it just didn't match, but it's, it just was ugly. Do you remember, Jenny? We, we didn't really have, we didn't have really anything. 
We had a broken down car that, that had way too many kilometers on it. And I had to use my faith that, that car would keep running. No, I mean it. And then I got to the point where I didn't have the money to do the gas, to do the brakes. And then one time the brakes failed. I was working for Dr. Coulter. I had to drive three kilometers backwards. I know you don't believe me. When I went into his office, he, he laughed. He laughed, almost fell off the chair. He laughed so hard. He said, you're always got drama in your life. If it's not this problem, it's that problem. See, because I hadn't learned yet to follow the spirit the way I needed to. We didn't, couldn't afford the brake replacement. I had to get to work. I didn't want to get fired. And so the only way that something was wrong with the transmission and the brakes, and so the brakes failed, but the transmission wouldn't go forward. So I turned in reverse and I drove, uh, you know, that street all the way to the old harvest. I can't remember what that was now, but anyway, credit view, that old credit view, I drank the whole way backwards, just turning like, just backwards, the whole way, about three kilometers, the whole way backwards. And, and just had my flashes on. And when people would stop and look, I just, <laughs> I just wave and I just kept going because I had to get to work. I had to get, I didn't want to lose my paycheck. And then, and then I believe God, every ounce, every ounce, every ounce of faith, working extra jobs, everything we could do to get that, to get that replaced and then get a better car. It is a journey. You don't wind up overnight. It is a faithfulness journey. But I'm telling you, no matter how much education or smarts you have or life experience you have or whatever you have, um, if, you're, if you don't know how to follow the Spirit, I feel so sorry for sinners because it really is a luck of the draw for them. And I've seen some that there was no way that they could fail in life. They'd amass too much, and yet they still fail in life. It's astonishing to me. You, you, they just have no, there's absolutely no guarantees. When I asked that family member some time ago, you know, you know, when I saw things were getting bad, I said, are you okay? You know, would you like, to, would you like me to pray for you? No, I don't believe in that stuff. Well, would you like me to, because they're sick as well, full of sickness all over their bodies. Would you like me to come and lay hands on you? Would you like me to send you, I don't believe in all that stuff. Don't talk to me anymore about that stuff. Well, would you like me to give you a book Dr. Dufresne wrote about getting rich? God, I don't believe in that stuff. Don't you talk to me about that stuff. Okay. Pride. Would rather fail than yield to God. It's so sad, Jennifer. And I'm, I'm telling to be honest with you, there are, there, there are people out there that you'd think could never fail because they're so smart. But life can turn very quickly. And if it's not money, it's health, or it's this problem, or it's an accident, or it's some kind of thing that goes wrong. And I feel such, I feel such pity for sinners because I, I, I feel like I've, really all of us really should feel pity for them because I feel like you don't understand that you might have more than me in this, this, and this, but I have immeasurably, innumerably, and eternally more than you where it actually counts. And I'm not just talking about heaven and hell, although that's the ultimate currency, is that we get to go to heaven and they don't know where they're going. But I'm talking about life, quality of life here on the earth. Things can turn so quickly. And yet, if we have the Holy Ghost and we will listen to, say that you have the Holy Ghost, but will you listen to the Holy Ghost? There are people in our church that are, that are in financial crisis. They have to learn to listen. You have the Holy Ghost, but will you listen to the Holy Ghost? Not everybody wants to listen. They want to say that they've got it and they want to spout strange ideas about what the Bible says that aren't even in the Bible. And then argue with me about what I'm preaching. But if you just humble yourself to, you've got, you've got the helper. That guy didn't even have the helper. But you've got the helper, the teacher, the guide, the counselor inside. You never have to go on skid row ever. 
You never do. I've never seen the righteous forsaking, forsaken or his seed begging, begging. You never have to be that t- place where you are a welfare. I'm not saying if you are, get out. I'm not judging you. I'm not hurting you. I'm not trying to push you down. I'm trying to lift you up. Don't feel bad if you are, if you didn't learn. But now learn, learn and let God lift you up out of that mire. Because the righteous, the ones that are right, the ones that think right. Remember, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. The righteous isn't just born again. You have paths, plural, of righteousness. It's not just being righteous in God's eyes, instantaneously, the born of salvation. It's living right, thinking right, being right. So that righteousness continues into a right, la- a right lifestyle. What you watch, is it right or not right? What you, your friendships, your engagings, your conversations, is it right or not? The way you treat your body, the way you eat, the way you act, is it right or not? The way you handle finances, the way you handle your spouse, the way you deal with your children, the way you deal with the local church, is it right or not? There is a right and wrong. There's not just some vague thing out there. There's a right and there's a wrong. God will help you clarify between the, the two. It's not always just gray. There is a right and there's a wrong. The right ones... The ones that are thinking right and living right will never be beggars because we've got the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost can guide us. We might make a lot of mistakes, but he will guide us through. Even when we fail, he'll say, give me your hand, boy. Give me, see that the sinner don't have the whole, no one saying, give me your hand. The government's pushing them right down in the mire. Their friends forsake them as soon as they can't, they can't, you know, most friends. The few friends that they have that are life friends will offer the hand, but they've got no help. They've got no, they got really nothing to offer other than sympathy and pity. But the Holy Ghost has a lot more than sympathy and pity. He's got answers. And he will say, give me your hand. Stand up on your feet. I know you made a mistake. Now shake it off because I've got a path for you to walk. And angels have gone ahead of that path and they are clearing the way for you. And they are protecting you to stay on that path because I've prepared, I've prepared, I've prepared a place. I've got a destination. I want you to own that house. I want you to own that car. I want you to come out of this mire. I want you to be whole. I want you to be married with children if that's what your heart desires. God has a path and he has a place prepared and there is God himself aiding and there are angels assisting and we are, we have every advantage. I must go. For if I do not go, I can, the Father cannot send the Holy Ghost. For it is expedient or advantageous that I leave because you need the Holy Ghost. It is to my advantage that I have him. It is to my advantage that Jesus lives there and not here. Because if he lived here, I couldn't have the Holy Ghost on the inside of me. I'm serious, Jenny. It is to my advantage. How can people fail in life if they've got the advantage? They may make the mistake, but if you're humble, humble, humility is so huge. Humble yourself. Stop telling God about who was all that fault. And just say, Father, it's certainly not you. It might be somebody out there, but since I'm not really sure, I'm just going to blame this one. It's just something I've done. I repent. I humble myself. I'm soft-hearted before you. Take my hand, great Holy Ghost, and lift me up now. You've got a path. Help me get back on that path. You've got a plan. Angels go before me and help keep me on that plan. There's a place prepared. There's a destination of increase for me. I'm not like the world where it's a a lucky number seven. I've got the Holy Ghost. I should not be doing anything other than increasing every year. And if you're not, something's wrong. 
Start releasing your faith and renewing your mind that every year should be better. Every year should be better. Now, if you get into this COVID thing and yield to fear, that year won't be better for you. If you start withstanding your pastor, that year is not going to be better for you. If you stop tithing, if you can start walking and out of love, if you start stopping being faithful, that year won't be better for you. Because what does the Bible say? The path of the who? The path of the righteous. Remember, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. But the path of the righteous, the right thinkers, the right livers, the right, the right, the right attituders. You got to be right. And the world wants to tell you there is no right and wrong anymore. It's your truth and his truth and her truth. There's no her truth. There's the truth. There is right and there is wrong. How you treat people can be right or wrong. Are you with me? But the path of the right ones, the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter and brighter unto the noonday sun. The day that Jesus calls me and says, come up hither, and I say, I've been waiting for the invitation. And I go up. I hope you're with me, because I'm going to be there. I hope you don't die early or fall away and lose your salvation, because I'm going to be there. You want to be there? Just hang with us. We're going to be there. We're going to be there. The day he calls me, Reverend Dan, is the noonday sun. That is when it has hit its zenith. That is when it's the ultimate climax of this natural life is that glorious day. On the Feast of Trumpets, at some point in the future, there's going to be a, a, a noonday sun. But until that moment, I am increasing. I'm increasing with wisdom. I'm increasing with revelation knowledge. I'm increasing with my health. I'm increasing in my relationships. I'm increasing in my friendships. I'm increasing in my finances. I'm increasing in my hunger for God. I'm increasing in the power of God working through me. Don't just look at it like health and money. There are so many things that you are to increase in. Like what about enjoying life? You're supposed to increase in that because some people, they just, they just, they're, 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 they're so, they hate their job. They hate everything and everything is just, it's just a grind. Well, that might be it today. I've been there. Believe me, I used to pray for ISIS to come and blow up the place I used to work. I used to pray, God, send a terrorist, blow up the customs office. I can't handle this anymore. But that's not a good prayer to pray. And there was no faith release because God can't answer prayers like that. But I've been at jobs that I couldn't stand, that I hated, that I felt depressed in the morning, that I woke up and I felt like I just can't do this another day. But I pulled my bones out of bed and I went there and saluted and did the stupid sign-in sheet and did all my work because I needed to put food on the table for my little babies. Those little babies don't understand the price I paid for them. They don't got no clue, do they, older parents? They got no clue what you paid for them. Just give me this, give me that silver platter. Well, that's okay. Just let them go get a job one day. It all comes full cycle. (laughs) Gratefulness will come one way or the other. Sometimes it takes a bad boss and a bad job to develop that in people. But what I'm saying is I've been that grind, that that dread. But But just following the plan, following the plan, Help get me out. There is a path. I'm trying to help you this this evening. I'm trying to encourage you. It doesn't matter what your life looks like. Are you listening? Because some of you are looking at your phone, and I don't know why you're looking at your phone, because I'm not asking you to read a scripture right now. So I'm going to call your name out if you don't stop that nonsense. Especially some of our young adults. They they don't don't pay pay attention, and then they wonder why their life doesn't go right, because they won't pay attention. Because they're doing their lists, and they're playing their games when the word's being preached. And I'm, I'm fed up with it. 
Hardly anybody comes Wednesday anyway. I might as well just run off the people that are here and just, you know what I'm saying? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm not asking you to read a scripture, so you should be looking at me, not, not on your phone. Well, now, now remember, Dr. Dufresne got on my case, and I said, Doctor, I'm writing notes. And I was. So then there is some mercy for that. So maybe I'll just retract what, some of what I've just said, because you never know if people are writing notes. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Exodus 23, 20. Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in thy way, guard thee, protect thee in thy way, to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Dan, he's prepared a place. I don't have a, a, an open-ended, I don't know where I'm going. God don't know where I'm going. I don't know God. I'm by the luck of the draw. No, 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 that's not how I live. God has a place for me and he is guiding me there and my life is supposed to be so simple and easy because I just follow the plan. The sinners have it so hard. Why don't they just go with what's easy? He's made it so simple. He's made it so kind. He's so kind, Jenny. And what he plans for them, they'll have more joy than anything they planned. That's right. It's true. Because that's the only place that there's joy is in that place that he's prepared. And I don't mean heaven. It's not just talking about heaven. They had on this earth a destination somewhere for them to get into increase. It was called the promised land. There is things that God has for you to get into increase. It includes that job, that increase, that finances, that house, all the different things relational. It includes a lot of things to get you into that place of joy. A land flowing with milk and honey, a land of prosperity. It's not just Beulah land. It's not, don't get me started with Gaither. I was just listening to the Gaither. Beulah land. And I said, oh God, there's Beulah land on the, on the horizon for me. I'm not talking about heaven or like the Gaithers call it Beulah land. I'm talking about this earth while I'm breathing oxygen, not on that planet, in this planet. There is a place of increase. There is a place of joy. There's a place of blessing. And, and there's all the way along there's blessing, but there is a place God's trying to get us to. Well, we sit back and we go, ah, oh, this is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. Never to say retire and put your feet up because there's always things to do for God. But to say, I don't, have to, I don't have to work as hard anymore. I don't have to struggle and grind it because I've been honorable. I've been faithful. The righteous is increasing. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Now, well, thank you, darling. I'm not sure if everybody feels that way. 32, 34, 32, 34, Exodus 32. I can see you need lots of scripture now. So you can all look at your phones again. Exodus 32, 34. And the Bible says, now, is that right? Exodus 32, 34. Now, therefore, go, lead the people into the place which I have spoken unto thee. This is a place he's prepared. Yeah. So whatever he's prepared, he's going to talk to you about. Right? Do you see that? Yes. Behold, mine angel shall go before thee. It says the same thing in the previous verse. Nevertheless, in the day that I visit you, there's the sin upon them and goes on and on. So the angel's going before, but notice that he'll talk to you about the place he's prepared. If you've got no idea what's happening, what's going to be happening at all, at all, in any part of your future, you're not spirit-led. The Holy Ghost won't show you everything, but he'll sure show you some things. He'll let you know what this year holds. He'll let you know maybe not exactly every detail of every day, of every week, of every month, but you'll have a general idea. He will. He'll talk to you about next year if you'll, if you'll ask him. Father, what is the plan for me? What is the path for me? You've prepared a place for me. Amen. Now talk to me. Your word tells me you'll talk to me about it. Talk to me. I want to know. I want to make sure I'm positioned right. I want to make sure I'm sowing right. I want to make sure I'm living clearly. I want to make sure that I'm doing everything in my power to get to that place. He'll talk to you. You see that? I like that scripture in because it's wonderful when he talks to us. Now, in chapter 33, just one chapter over, chapter 33, and it says, uh, and I will send, verse 2, and I will send an angel before thee, and I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Yes, 
That means those angels plow the road. God has a path that helps keep you on that path. He has a destination. He's prepared. He's not disorganized. He's got something prepared. Do you, are you with me? He's got something prepared. He's going to talk to you about what he's got prepared. And now there's angels that are going to plow the road to make sure that you are not unnecessarily hindered in getting to where you are supposed to be in what he's prepared. Because there are obstacles and there are hindrances, but thank God for angels that will get us into that place. Those angels move things for us. I don't think you realize how much they move things for you. I don't think many of you realize how much angels have been instrumental in you not getting in car accidents. I'm serious. I don't think you, your children, I don't think you realize sometimes how angels are involved in protecting those kids, protecting you, bringing you into that place. There's, a, there's major help. There's major aid from angels. Notice it says here, they're going to plow the road from obstacles. Verse two, verse three, unto a land flowing with milk and honey. That's just a fancy way of saying a good land, a land that is a blessing to you, a job that is a blessing to you. It represents a life for us that we love. That's a good life. You know, he wants you to have that good life. For I will not go up with them. That's just because they were stiff-necked. They were arrogant and proud. You don't want to be, notice that? I don't want to be around people that are proud. What does is, what is the Bible says in the New Testament? He knows them afar off that are proud. But the grace, the, the humble, he draws near and he gives grace to the humble. He draws them near. But the proud, the stiff-necked, don't tell me what to do. That's what they were. I don't even want you near me. You act that way, you've lost the help of the Holy Ghost. Whether you, He's inside you. He won't help you the same way. If you're arrogant and strong, strong-willed, I didn't say strong-minded, I said strong-willed, where you know what you're going to do, and it doesn't matter what he says, it doesn't matter what the pastor says, it doesn't matter what anybody says. You're going to do what you're going to do. You're going to do it your way. I hope that works out for you. Because I've never seen somebody that that works out for. But the one that humbles themselves and says, Father, help me. That's the one that God says, I'll help you. I've got so much mercy for you. Praise God. Amen. Now, we talked about it's our job to stay on that path because there is a destination. There is a place he's preparing. There is a land flowing of milk and honey. Now, I'm trying to, I'm not just just saying this to inspire you. I'm trying to teach you that the way you renew your mind about this, I'm trying to help you because a lot of people I find, they say amen, but when I talk to them privately, their conversation does not line up with anything that I've just preached. Because all they'll talk about is how bad their life is, how rotten their situation is, how they don't like this, and they don't like this, and this is failing, and this is failing. I'm trying to teach you that, yes, there may be bad things that are happening and frustrating things happening, but what your job is, is to guard your mouth and to start talking by faith about the land flowing with milk and honey and start talking about the angels that are helping you get in and start talking about the fact that God is talking to you about that land and that angels are plowing the road for you and that there is a good life and you're going to get there. I'm serious. There's nothing wrong with telling people what you're going through, but if that's the only thing you ever talk about, listen, first of all, nobody's going to want to be your friend. No, I'm serious. If all you are is a downer on every conversation, people will look at you and find somebody else to talk to you because they've got their own problems. They don't need to be listening to all of your problems because they've got their own problems. And if all you ever do is talk about your problems and how difficult life is, you're going to find yourself alone. And that's even harder because when you're going through a hard time, you need the support. 
Now, don't, I'm not saying you have to lie. Oh, it's great. Everything's grand and great and peachy. You, you don't have to act like a liar. You can say, well, you know, I'm going through something. Well, tell me about it, brother. Well, you know, I'm going through this. But then the next time you have the conversation, don't start with the same conversation. Say, so, well, you know what? Praise God. God's working with me. And there's a land flowing with milk and honey for me. And I'm getting into it. Pray with me. Agree with me, brother. And also then, how are you doing? Because if you only ever talk about you, you're not going to have very many friends. Taylor tells me, everybody likes me. I don't think it's true, but he says, everybody, oh, they, everybody seems to like you in California. You seem to have, the, he says that. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what he says. But you know what I do on purpose? I don't ever talk about me ever. I'm, I'm fascinated. Yeah. Right, yeah. Pastor Cody, how are you doing? Yeah. How is your, how is Paducah? Yeah. Kentucky? Bluegrass? Horses? Tell me. I'm, I, I'm, I, I choose to be fascinated, even though I don't feel sometimes the fascination. But I want other people to know that I am genu- I'm not faking it. I'm genuinely interested in what they're going, what their life is, how their families, how their children. And I'm telling you, when you sow, that's a, that's a form of seed. When you sow, and you ask and you show concern, not faking. I don't always feel like it, but I do it whether I feel like it or not. How, honestly, how are you doing? How's your church? What's going on? Can I do anything for you? Can I bless you? Can I help you? And just showing interest is a form of sowing seed. Then people, people are so used to people not doing that. that all just want about me, 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 my field. They're not interested about sowing into your field. They, they, they respond. Their heart will open to you. And they'll be like, wow, thank you for asking. And then if they're, a, if they're smart, then they'll ask you. But not everybody asks you. They just take it all in because they're, they're not used to anybody thinking about them. Amen? We've got we to be interested in other people. We've got to be talking about what other people need, not just about what we need. I'm telling you, you'll increase your friendship status significantly. And we all need, we all need that, don't we? So my job is to be led by that Holy Ghost, is to have angels generally and specifically assigned. Remember we talked about that two weeks ago. There is specific assignments and that's mostly all we do is specific assignments, but there's many things you don't even know that are in the pipe. They're coming and you don't know. And you've got to be general in your assigning of angels so that they have liberty to do anything that you need at that time. So I want you, just before we look at that, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2, 10. I know you know the scripture so well, but I still want you to look at it. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified Classic. Ephesians chapter 2, because this, this scripture really equates to Exodus 33, 3. Exodus 33, 3 says about the land flowing with milk and honey. Now there is a New Testament scripture for this. It's not just the Old Testament. This, that God wants us to have this good life. Let me read it from the, from the Passion Translation. For we have become his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance, Jenny, our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. <laughs> The margin says, as we yield to God, our prearranged destiny comes to pass and we are rewarded for simply doing what he wanted us to accomplish. I mean, we don't even deserve the reward. When he he says, this is is what I want you to do and it's going to make your life rich, healthy, and joyful. That is the reward. How on earth could there be do that and have all that benefit and then get to heaven and then get a reward for having the good life? 
but he's going to reward me in heaven for having the good life on earth. That's the measure of his kindness. And yet when people don't yield, they do it their own way. They don't have a good life. Then they get to heaven and they don't get any rewards anyway because they never did what he wanted. So it's simple. He wants you to have a good life. Just do what he says, you'll have a good life. And then you're going to get a reward in heaven for having the good life. Amen. I mean, this is a really good deal. This is a really good deal. It's like, come, I'm going to give you the money to buy the luxury car. And then after you buy it, I'm going to give you another car because you bought that one for free. Anyone going to say no to that? You're going to give me the luxury and then you're going to reward me for getting the luxury? That's exactly what he's saying. He wants us to have a good, all it takes is humility and staying on that path. Just staying on that path. Just staying on that path. Now let me read it to you from the Amplified Classic Translation. And it says, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship. He made us, he created us like a vessel, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew, that we may do those good works which God predestined, planned beforehand, in advance, the passion says, for us, taking paths, taking paths, taking paths. The angel has gone before you on the path to bring you into the land flowing with milk and honey. Taking paths, which he has prepared ahead of time. He did it before you even born. You don't have to figure this out. You just have to listen to what he already knows. I wish young people, young adults would listen. The stress on them is incredible. What should I do? Which university? What kind of career? What? God already figured it out. Stop being ambitious. Stop asking your parents because they'll always tell you to be a doctor or a lawyer. Or something better than they were because they want your life to be better. But don't ever tell your kids to be a doctor or a lawyer. Tell your children, God has a plan for you and anything other than that plan will make you miserable. So seek God, son. Seek God, daughter. And seek him in your, teen, in your teenage years, your early young adult years. Seek him. Yes, go to school, but seek him. What does he say he wants you to do? And then get the education and do anything you need to in the natural. And his hand will be on you. And everywhere you go, favor will open up to you like a red carpet. And angels will keep you on that path. And you'll have it and you'll have a good life and you'll have a healthy life. And then on top of all of that, you're going to get to heaven. You're going to be rewarded for having the good life. It's about what does God want, not what do they want. It's not what they're skilled in. Because some people are skilled to be engineers, but that may not be what God wants. Some people have natural abilities to be musicians, but that may not be what God wants. Some people may be medical inclined, but that may not be what God wants. We've got to train them. Seek God. Get your education, but make sure you seek God. Don't let the guidance counselor be your Holy Ghost. Don't let the mom and dad be your Holy Ghost. Don't let the youth pastor be your Holy Ghost. Don't let the senior pastor be your Holy Ghost. You've got the Holy Ghost. Seek him. He will show you where that, pat, where that sweet spot is. My God, he'll always do it. Sometimes it takes some time. Sometimes it doesn't happen overnight. Well, I prayed one night, Pastor. I didn't hear anything. Okay. Okay. Well, the Olympic runner didn't train in one day either. What about praying for six months every day for an hour in tongues? What about seeking God and really, really moving into his presence? What about just waiting before him and saying, Father, my life is before you. It's an open book. I have no agenda. I want what you want. I don't want what you don't want. Show me. Teach me. I'll go anywhere you say. I'll do anything you say. I'll say anything you say. I just need to know it's you. Yeah. Yeah. I promise you God will show you. 
and then your life will turn. Things will work out. It's amazing. I see people grow up in this church, young people, and then they get busy, 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 and they stop coming. And then I look, and then I don't, I don't follow all that stuff, but I have Taylor or other people look, and sure enough, they're dating an, un- an unsafe person. And it's like, you are just opening the door to the devil. Because the Bible forbids. It, that isn't an option. It forbids. Dating, courting, and marrying somebody that is not born again. It is not an option. It is a forbidding. Because God knows their hearts are not with me. And if you do this, they're either going to pull you away. Or if you're strong enough, you're going to have a lonely, saddened life. Well, they'll get saved later. That's a hoax and a cop out. And God's word didn't give that option. But I see people raised up, love God, hungry. But then you see university starts pulling them away. Jobs, responsibilities of life starts pulling them away. And then relationships. Ooh. Remember, come to my house. Well, I can't because I just bought a piece of land. Busy. I got a yoke of oxen. I got to try them. Investments, money, business, enterprise. I've just married. I got to treat, I got to tend to my wife. Remember the guy? Relationships. Three main things. Two of them are about money and, and business and work and enterprise. And one of them is about relationships. What pulled them away? Those things. And I see it with people. Money and relationships pull them away. Because they didn't stay close to where God was. And then they wonder why things don't work properly for them. Because they're starting to step off that path. He said here, uh, plan beforehand, taking paths which he prayed to, prepared ahead of them, that we should walk in them, living the good life. Which he prearranged. He didn't just forget about you, Sandy. And oh my goodness, Jesus, we forgot. Quickly do something. Quickly, Jesus, do something. No, he didn't forget about you. He prearranged this good life ahead of time. Prearranged that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. He didn't forget about me. He didn't forget about any of you. He's already arranged this before you were born. There's a path for, there's a good life. There's a land. This is the New Testament, Jenny. This is the good life equals land flowing with milk and honey. I'm trying to get you guys into big houses. Giants have big beds. They have big refrigerators and they have big houses and they have big tractors. Everything's big. Rentville is over. Remember Pastor Nancy said that? Goodbye, Rentville. And I thought that is my, that's a word for me. I use the word Runtville a lot. The runt of the litter, the small, the mediocre, the... Runtville is gone. Giantville has arrived. I'm going to drive them out and you're going to come in and you're just going to take everything that they own. Now you say, that's not very fair, but that, that land was God's land and these were sinners that worshiped idols and demons and God said, it's my land and I'm going to kick you out and I'm going to give it to my kids. My kids own this. In the New Testament, we're his kids, and we own this. And he, he wants to bring us into a place of largeness, not Runtville, largeness, where the giants had everything big and plenteous. Now, I'm serious. Notice he didn't bring them into Dwarfville. The Bible didn't say, I'm bringing you into a land flowing with milk and honey where the hobbits live. There aren't hobbits, but some people think they are because they think that movie's real, and it's not. But let's just say there are, you know, there's a little dwarf community and they all have tiny beds and tiny refrigerators and tiny houses. God didn't bring them into the Dwarfville. He brought them into the Giantville. 
I want you to have extra. I want you to have enough. I want you to have more than enough. I want you to go. Now, yes, they're a little bit intimidating, but I'm with you. And my angels are going to drive them out before you. And if you keep reading in Exodus 33, the Bible, Bible says that God actually sent hornets. Angels influenced insects. Hornets went before them and started stinging the giants. And they would run away. Run away. Run away. Because there's somebody coming who has the right to your land. And that is the children of God Almighty. I'm not telling you that you should release angels for hornets and people in your job. I'm not, don't bring hornets to work and say, open them up. Angels, put them on that person because they're competing with me for that raise. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that just as angels use natural things in the Old Testament, angels will use natural things in the New Testament. It might not be hornets. It might be something else. But angels will work with the natural. Are you listening to me? They will work with the natural environment to cause you to increase and to cause those that withstand you to decrease over time. Over time. It doesn't happen overnight. And even with this, he said, I can't do it all at once because you don't have enough faith. So I'm going to do it little by little. I'm going to drive them out little by little. Do you remember he said that? I, because you have to grow. You have to multiply. You have to have children. You have to have families. You have to be faithful. And as you grow and need more land, so you're going to, I'm going to give you more. But if I give it all to you right now, are you listening to God's wisdom? I don't have time to read it, but read it in Exodus 33. He said, I can't give it to you all at once because you can't handle it. You say, that's why lotteries are never from God. They're a joke to get your money. Sow that seed. Don't throw, that's a, a lottery is a gamble. We don't gamble. That's not our flow. I'm serious. It's a gamble. I want to win it big. If you want it big, you probably wouldn't handle the bigness. Because if you can't handle this, how are you going to handle that? And God said the same thing. I can't give it all to you because it will overwhelm you. So what I'm going to do is give you a little bit at a time. Let you grow into it. Let you grow into it. And as you increase, I'll give you more. And as you increase and you need, I'll give you more. You're going to, I'm going to drive them all out eventually, but I can't do it all now. Do you know why he said the animals will come and start overtaking the, the weeds and the shrubs? I mean, God's very practical. He's like, you can't even handle cutting the grass. No, I'm serious. If you read it, he said the thickets and the woods will overtake you. In other words, you can't even handle the grass. And the animals are going to start biting you. So if I, if I drive them all out and I give you the whole shebang, you can only occupy this. But they're gone now and all the natural stuff's going to overwhelm you. So I'm going to just drive them a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, and until you're ready. Until you're ready. And as you grow in, your, as you grow in graces, as you grow in responsibility, as you grow in maturity, then I'm going to give you more. What did it say about Abraham? It said he, and sorry, about Isaac and about Jacob. It didn't say they got rich overnight. They didn't do a pyramid scheme or a get-rich-quick scheme. The Bible says they waxed great. That doesn't mean they had candles. If you studied in the Hebrew, it wax means they, it literally means a festoon, like one of those things that you hang at Christmas time, and it means to spin. And as you spin the thread around that festoon, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger over time with every wrap. That's what the Hebrew word is for waxed. It's a festoon that is increasing over time. God didn't make him rich overnight, but God made him rich one year. He got a hundredfold, but the next year he didn't get a hundredfold. But, but God kept increasing him. And then, and then five years later, he looks back and he goes, wow, look what God's done. And then 10 years later, he looks back and goes, my God, I can't believe what God has done. He didn't, he didn't get rich overnight. They waxed great. You see, the Israelites waxed great. You're going to wax great. 
It's a lifestyle. It's a lifelong journey. You're not going to get all this rich stuff out of your head. It's not how God works. I'm serious. People pray and fast. Lord, let me win the lottery. You'll be surprised what people have told me. I know God wants me to win it. I just know it. I just know it. <laughs> I feel the anointing. I just know God wants me to win it. And I'm going to invest $1,000, all my extra money, because I'm going to, that's not how he flows. God never leads you into gambling. He doesn't. He never leads you into luck. He leads you by his spirit into things that he has prepared. He didn't prepare the lottery for you. He prepared things. He prepared a job for you to work hard and be on time and don't steal paper clips. And don't do your emails when you're supposed to be working on, on company time. Now, all this is integrity issues, character. And then as you fulfill those things, then the boss looks at you. Now, are you listening? I'm trying to help you. Now, because you've done the natural honorably, now the supernatural works with the natural. And now the boss looks at you. Now, if you hadn't have been honorable, the boss would just look at you like everybody else and go, what a slouch. But when you've done the right thing, now the boss looks at you and that angel influences him. God comes upon him. He doesn't even know it's God. And he looks at you and I don't know why, but I, I, I just, I like you. I, I don't know why, but I've got to do something for you. What, what can we do for this person? That's happened with me. We're working secular. But if I didn't do the natural, the supernatural can't work with the natural because the natural doesn't exist. I've got to be honorable and righteous in the natural. Now the supernatural favor has something to work with. And now, and I've, I've had, I can't tell you how many times people look at me. I, I don't, I, it makes me laugh. They'll say, I don't even like you. And I want to say, I don't even like you either. But, but it's sometimes just wise that you don't say certain things. I don't even like you. People have said that to me before. I don't even like you. But there's something about you. I don't know what it is. So here, I had one person give me a promotion and they threw the across the table and then walked out angry. Here. And they left. Like they were angry that they were giving me the promotion. No, I'm serious. And with customs. Because I, I didn't, I didn't, they wanted me to work in a pornography area and I didn't want to. And they threatened my job and I told them I'd take them to the Supreme Court and I'd win. And that lady hated me for it. But then I just kept living right. And then the boss told her to promote me to the drug department. And I remember the day she's, she was so upset that I was getting promoted. I don't know what he sees in you because I don't see it. And she threw it at me and walked out the door. And I just signed the paper, left it on her desk, said, glory to God, hallelujah. Sometimes they don't even know why they're promoting you, but there's something on you. That's called favor. That's called angelic assistance. That's called, I don't know why I'm doing this, but I'm drawn to you. Something about you I like, and I don't even know why I like it. So if you don't be honorable in the natural, that supernatural cannot work with the natural. Show up on time. Do the little things you can do. And then watch what God does because that's how he festoons you. That's how he waxes you great. Then that promotion leads to another promotion. And you didn't know that promotion was coming. Now you're high on the hog. And you're just living nice and living large, they call it. Then you don't even know it, but God's got more for you because that's not all the good life. And then another company comes and finds you and says, I like you. That just happened with our sister over here. I like you. Well, I like you too. I want to give you a 20% raise and a better benefit package closer to your home. Would you come and leave that company? You didn't see that coming, did you? 
Then you take that. Now that person opens and connects to another person. And then now, and all of a sudden, I'm telling you, and, and the, as the years pass, you are festooned into greatness. It's not buying the lottery tickets. It's not rolling the dice. It is a, it is hard work. It's consistent work and it's righteous living. And now releasing your faith, father, I'm on your path. You have put me here. Your angels keep me here. You are speaking to me about my future and I have some goals that I'm going to attain. You are plowing the road of obstacles. I don't have to fight people. I don't have to worry about if the skin color or my personality is holding me back. As long as I'm living clean and righteous, the the blessing, the covenant is going to make me rise to the top. I'm just going to say, Father, I trust you. And before you know it, I I just keep doing right. I just keep doing right. I show up on time when nobody else shows up. I'm serious. One of the reasons I, I don't know why I'm saying all this, but one of the reasons I was transferred to the drug department is because when you have no idea how lazy customs officers are, like you have absolutely no idea, at least where I work. I think at the airport, they're much better. But where I worked, it was a shambles. And, 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 and the whole system is broken. They hate the managers, the managers hate the workers, and then the union is involved, and the union is corrupt, and it's just, it's just it's absolute shambles. You have no idea what I witnessed there, like no idea. And so the union tells the workers to violate the managers and not work. And so they'd come by and they'd tell me, uh, I'm your representative of da 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 and I, and I, don't, I don't want you to work for the next two hours. Just sit here, put your feet up on the table. And I'll say, but they're going to come. Uh, you just tell them to come talk to me. So one time I said to that, to that union guy, I said, well, sir, I don't want to violate your, your grand strategy because obviously you have some big plan to make my life better. But all your big plans haven't proved anything out yet because my life's not any better and they haven't given me any raise. But I don't want to ruin your master plan. But my Bible, because I always kept it on my desk, I said, that book there tells me that I have to work. Yeah. Well, I don't care what that book says. We're the union. Well, I don't care that you're the union. I'm a Christian. So I got on bad terms with the union because while everybody would sit there with their feet up and the manager would come and write their name down and get all huffy and their blood pressure going up, I was doing my work. That, that's not called being a brown noser. That's called obeying the Bible. Because when somebody gives you an ungodly instruction, it, it's not wrong to do your job. They're paying me to do my job. The unions is wrong to tell me to be lazy. Because they're trying it as a manipulation strategy, which doesn't work anyway. (laughs) Believe me, if it worked, I would like to put my feet up. So I work, but you see, I'm doing the natural. When nobody's watching, I do the natural. And when they are watching and they get mad at me, I do the natural. And then, see, now favor has something to work with. Now they're looking. Who can we promote? Well, we're not going to promote any of these idiots because they're following the union. What's that kid over there? Padre. What's his real name? Because everybody, they didn't even know my name half the time. Just, I'm Padre. Father, because I thought I'm going to become a Catholic priest in, in Peru, which is not even Catholic. But anyway, what's his real name? Oh, it's Officer Field. Uh, bring him in here. Do you like what you're doing? No. I hate it. But, but you're working hard because the Bible tells me to. The Bible tells me to honor you, sir. But you don't listen to the union because the Bible tells me to dishonor, not to dishonor. And they're dishonoring. What would you like to do? I don't know. I'm interested in cocaine. <laughs> Heroin, marijuana, fascinates me. Really is cool. I like that stuff. I don't want to use it because the Bible tells me not to. But I want to try to stop other people from using it. So let me do that. No problem. Here. So they promote me into the drug department. 
And I did pretty good. Some of them would come and I have to test this. And I'd say, brother, that's not right. You know it's cocaine. You don't, we've tested it. We've tested it with the vial. Those officers, let me just, let me just. Let me just double check it. I just, your vial might be wrong. You have no idea. You see, when you take Jesus, I'm serious. When you take Jesus out of the equation, people will do, they're, they're, they're scum buckets. People will, most people, there's some sinners that have integrity. But a lot of sinners have integrity, but a lot of them, they'll push the edge of that envelope as far as they can go every time, every time, every time. It got to the point where they couldn't have men in the pornography department anymore because the men were in there checking the videos for eight hours in a row. And there's only two videos. I mean, you don't need to check the videos. There's two of them. It takes 10 minutes, but they're in there for eight hours because they're taking work time and taking your tax dollars to feed their addiction. You, you can't take Jesus out of the, Jesus makes all the difference. Jesus gives us a motivation to be character, have character. So they had to put all women in the porn department because women didn't seem to want to look at that stuff as much as the men did. I'm just telling you, 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 you look at people, they got all their degrees, but if you don't have integrity, if you don't have character, some people have it without Jesus, but when you've got Jesus, you see, if you have, don't have Jesus, you can have it just because you have a strong mind. You were raised well. Your parents ingrained it or beat it into you. But, when, but, but a lot of, even that will break down over time. But when Jesus is in you, it's, a, it's something stirs within you. It's not just up here. It's, it rises within you. I, I can't swear. I, I can't. It would hurt him. I, I can't sit here and do no work for four hours. It would hurt him. I can't look at that stuff. It would hurt him. It would hurt him. They don't have a him. They have them. But I have him. You take Jesus out. But I'm, I don't know why I'm on this. So there's obviously a reason, Jenny, because I had other stuff to talk about. But I keep hearing the Holy Ghost repeat to me. Say it again. To be righteous in the natural. Do right in the natural. Be honorable and full of character, even with ungodly bosses in the natural. Do the right thing. Then the favor will work with the natural. The supernatural will come upon the natural and you'll find yourself rise. You'll find yourself rise. You have to rise. You can't not rise because the blessing, the blessing of the covenant is on you. It will, but a lot of people, Jenny, they, 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 they hear and they, this and they, and, they, and they say all the amens, but then they don't get, they're not on time. They don't do their job right. They're rude to their boss. They're gossiping. They're stealing. They're stealing time. They're stealing supplies. And, and they think that nobody sees, but God sees. He does see. And if they don't see and then get you in trouble, you might have got away with it, but the supernatural now cannot work with your natural. You can confess every scripture in the Bible. It won't work for you because you have to live righteous in order for your path to grow brighter. You have to be right at job in order for God's now favor to rest on you and he'll make sure it's on you because they'll look at you and say, I don't know what it is, but I, I have to do something. That's supernatural. That is absolutely supernatural. There's no re the natural reason why they would do that. Do you understand? I'm telling you, we had homosexuals there, and I, and I have nothing against them. I'm very kind to them, but, but, but they knew I was a preacher, so they had turned against me automatically without me saying a word. They turned against me because they knew that I didn't agree with their lifestyle. Then they would turn the managers against me. So they called me a homophobe and all this kind of stuff. I, I didn't engage that fight. Every time I saw them, those, those, those men, I would say, how you doing? I was kind. I was gentle. 
I never once said a demeaning word, never once said a joke about them, never once said anything. What would Jesus say to them? He would love them. That's not justifying their lifestyle, but he would love them. I was just, I just kept, see, righteous. I just kept, I, I wasn't always perfect, don't get me wrong, but I'm just saying, I just, I kept being right. Right toward them. Right toward the boss. Right toward the time frame. Right toward, because we had certain quotas we had to meet. I always exceeded them every time. Every day I exceeded them. I would not leave, even if, I, even if everyone else was gone, I would keep working until I exceeded that quota. Because if Jesus was watching me, which by the way he was, he would expect me to be the best employee in that place. And that's why they look without understanding why I have to do something for you. What would you like to do? Where is your least favorite? And I had a long list. Don't put me there. I don't put me there. And don't ever put me on the West Belt. They called it the West Belt. I don't want to be on the West Belt. Put me in drugs. Put me in, I don't know, put me somewhere else. Anywhere you want. Here. This is for somebody tonight. It's not working right. You're praying and you're confessing. But it's not working right. Because you've got to live righteous. You've got to honor the boss. But he's an unsafe person. Don't matter. God don't care. You honor the boss. You honor. You render to Caesar. Honor the government. You don't pay your taxes? <laughs> pay your taxes. Honor the boss. Honor the police. Honor the rules of the road. Honor the, just honor. Just show, have an attitude of honor and right. You're not going to be perfect every time. But just get into the habit of honoring and being a righteous person. Living, not just because you're born again, but living righteously. Which is really consecration. It's holiness. It's, a, it's an everyday decision. And watch what he does for you. Now all the scriptures you've confessed, now they'll work. Now he'll just, because he's trying to bring you into a good life. I want to get to that good life, but I've got to live right to get to that good life. Uh, Jenny, it's not, it's not fully what was in my notes, but I kept hearing the Holy Ghost say, come back to living righteous. Come back to living righteous. Come back to living clean. If you have an opportunity to skip, uh, to skip something on the job, don't do it. You know, Rob, we would not be happy if the people making, you know, making that beautiful car you drive, if they just decided, you know what, I'm just going to not tighten that strongly enough because I'm tired. We count on them to do their job so that we don't have on weird rattles that we can't figure out without ripping the dashboard open yeah. or, or, or the thing fall off while you're driving. We count on people. We count on the, on the pilot to do his job. Yes. We count on the fact that he didn't drink that morning. Right. No, I'm serious. We count on the people that check that plane. We trust that they have a good work ethic because if they don't, my life is in jeopardy. Do you understand? You're, you, my, my job's not that important, but to God. Integrity doesn't matter what you do. You could clean floors. I did clean floors. I did clean floors in, in Wendy's. And those bathrooms were atrocious. And what people do in, in, in bathrooms these days, I, I, don't know, I don't understand it. There's a toilet. Put it inside the toilet. Not outside the toilet. It's a hole with water. Put it inside. But, but when, I, when I clean those things, I'm telling you, Greg, when I would clean those things, I would say, Jesus, you're watching me. Yeah. And I would do a double, triple clean, and I would make sure that that was spotless. Because it's, it, that's called integrity. When I vacuumed the chairs in, in, in Peter Youngren's sanctuary, you know, with my little Astro Boy backpack on, with the little vacuum, you know, I, if, I, if I saw a piece of hair, I'd stop and it wouldn't come off. I'd pick it off and I'd put it in my pocket. I remember doing that. 
because I'm that chair. When I'm done, I want people to know when he's done with it. You can count on Craig. He might take a little bit longer, but when it's done, it's perfect. That's called integrity and character and righteousness. And then before you know it, you won't have to do that anymore because the hand of God will be on you and they'll say, Broop. and then you never have to go back. You never have to wash that floor again. Except when you join Promise of Life, then you have to wash the floor. But then it will be, Broop. as I close, a pastor told me of a friend of his in New York, Manhattan, New York, big wig people, rich people, Wall Street people, you know what that pastor does? I'm shocked his church grows at all. You know what he does? When you come in, he wants to know how much money you make. When you tell him how much money you make, you go on a list of ranking of the richest people in the church. And the richest people in the church do the toilets. CEOs, they don't get to go to the sound booth. Ushering? Are you kidding me? That is a great privilege. Everybody's trying to get to the usher level because everybody starts washing the floors, Cleaning the garb. The CEOs, the higher money you make, you are expected to start on the toilet. And if they don't want to start on the toilet, you can't join our church. We don't want you with all your money and all your arrogance and thinking you're better than everybody. If you, you might be all great out there, but in the kingdom of God, you serve. You start as a servant. You start at the bottom. And you be faithful on that toilet, Mr. CEO. And then God's going to promote you. Don't matter what you go out there. Everybody falls over and, and kisses you. But no, no here you're going to start with the toilet. And then I'm going to promote you as you're faithful. And you know what the shocking thing is? His church is full. That shows me that there's many rich people, Jenny. Many wealthy, powerful people that, that aren't corrupted by their wealth. Their hearts are humble. Their hearts want the word. And they're willing to start in the toilet ministry. So listen, don't you think you're better than anything in this church? Because you're not. If you see something on the chair, pick it up. Well, that's not my ministry of helps. Well, then I'll make it your ministry of helps. Don't put your gum underneath the chair. Don't, no, don't do that. This, this is God's house. Don't, don't, don't spill your coffee and then run out the building and the ushers are saying, Pastor Craig, we don't know who spilled it, but look at that big coffee stand. Well, of course, they're, they ran away. They're, too, they're embarrassed. They're afraid. Yeah. They know they're going to they're gonna get it. Just take responsibility. Can I help you clean that up? Let's see, these are little tiny things, Jenny, but they're called integrity. They're called integrity. Show up on time. See, I've gone from your job to the work to the church now. Show up on time to church. Some people are still showing up 40 minutes late. That's not integrity. That's not character. That's not being righteous. Now, you want God to bless you out there, but you won't serve in here. You'll show up late in here. You, 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 you'll throw a toonie in as, as though you've shot the moon when we're taking a special offering. Sh show God honor. Show God, be, be righteous. Put him first and watch what he does for you out there. He will cause your star to rise, so to speak. He will. Hallelujah. Lord, I don't know why you emphasize that so much tonight. But I kept hearing you emphasize, go back to living righteous. Go back to living clean. Go back to doing the natural. Father, you've got lots of supernatural aid for us. There's plenty of favor to go around. Your mighty power is more than sufficient for whatever little Mickey Mouse needs and desires we have. But the reason it's not working with certain ones is they won't they won't do the natural be better. Lord, help me to do the natural better. Help them to do the natural better. Help us keep our cars cleaner. Help us keep our homes cleaner. Help us have integrity and, 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 and be above board in every aspect, on the job, at home, with our relationships, in the local church. Help us live right 
Note when we sow good seed in all these areas, your power will rest upon us and we will have that harvest of increase and it will amaze us how fast you promote us. How business ideas come to us. How witty inventions come into us. How favor that we could never have on our own all of a sudden happens in our life. Lord, it it doesn't just come by confessing the word. It comes by living clean and by putting your house first and by honoring you at our house and our job and in the local church. When we combine all of these efforts, your your favor will rest heavy upon us. Lord, my my examples sometimes are humorous because I I can tell people are are sometimes they're, they're intense. I try to get people to laugh a little bit to make the medicine go down easier with honey than with vinegar. But Lord, I'm not trying to be funny. This is a very serious thing. I want, you want them to be promoted. You want them to be healed. You want their businesses to flourish. You want their jobs to flourish. You want them to love their life. You want them to look forward when they wake up in the morning. They can't believe they get to do that job that day. You want to promote them and keep transferring them and keep moving them until they finally hit that sweet spot where they love what they do and they can't wait for Monday morning because they can't believe you've blessed them so much. Lord, that's called the good life. That's called the land flowing with milk and honey. And there is a path to get there and we're not alone like sinners. We've got the Holy Ghost to help us get there. We're going to yield to you and humble ourselves. Angels are assigned to help us and we're going to flow with you, Holy Ghost, and obey you and live right and live clean and live with character. And now we're going to trust you that you're going to do your part, Father, and cause us, speed us up, get us into that good life that our joy may be full. Lord, we thank you. Oh, Father, I thank you and I praise you. I wish everybody in my church was listening to this, Father, because there are so many people that are not here tonight that I know need to hear this. I know this is an answer. This is a rescue for them, but they're not here. So, Father, I pray that you'd stir them, that they would at least watch the live stream, that they would get answers because, Lord, you're giving us help tonight by the Holy Ghost. And I give you praise and I give you honor. I say every person in the sound of my voice, I say, everyone put your hands up. Every person with their hands raised right now, I decree over them from my office that as they honor the word tonight, as they live clean and righteous and with integrity and character, I decree over them that the favor of God, according to Psalm 512, will encompass them about as a shield. It will be upon them and under them and around them and over them. And as this year progresses, their path will grow brighter and brighter. They will increase more and more things that are not working will turn to their favor and salvation according to Philippians 1:19. because Lord when they do right in the natural the supernatural will put jetpacks and will thrust them forward I decree over them that they will be increased and healed and blessed and they will come into that good life and into that land and they will love their life and look forward to Monday morning I decree it over them in Jesus' name that this progression increases, Father, from tonight forward. And every time they violate that, uh, the, 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 those rules and they're doing wrong and they're skipping corners and they're doing things that displease you, Holy Ghost, speak to them, Holy Ghost. Show them. Let, let them know the grieving of the Spirit, not just the leading. Let them know the grieving. And let them make that adjustment immediately and say, no, I won't do that. No, I'm going to change that. No, I'm going to change those words. I'm going to change those actions because I'm honoring Jesus and he's going to bless my socks off. He's bringing me into a good life. 
Oh, character. Nothing can replace character, Father. Nothing can replace, replace integrity. Your power will not work against character. Your power works with integrity. And I thank you for it over everyone. Lord, I don't know who this is for. If it's somebody watching, if it's somebody here, it's probably more than one. But Lord, you have put such a strong emphasis. I couldn't get away from it. It was like a magnet. I could not pull away from that emphasis. You are emphasizing tonight, live clean with integrity and I will bless you. And we are not like the sinner that's rolling a dice. We have the Holy Ghost and our life and our future is assured. We will never be, uh, be, be welfare cases and begging bread. Our future is assured because we are righteous ones and we are members of the covenant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name I pray and I thank you, Father. I seal it now in Jesus' name.